Since I called this podcast Diary of an Unplayed Actor, what I really should be doing is starting each episode with some kind of a Dear Diary type thing. Dear Diary, today I went to an audition, and the character description was perfect for me. Playing age upper 30s, American accent, and with a natural kind of sarcastic sound to his voice as if he's talking down to people. Perfect for me, right? So I go into the audition and I nail it. Like I go in there, do it once, and the casting director is like, that's perfect, thank you very much, have a nice day. And I'm like, well, do you want me to do it again, maybe in a different way or anything? Nope, sounds great. So they send me on my way. And then the next entry will be like, Dear Diary, it's been like two months and I still haven't heard back from that casting director. They haven't called me in for a second round audition or even casting me in the part. What the heck's going on? Because that is life of an actor. But until that happens, let's get on to my talk with Juliet Strange. Welcome to Diary of an Unemployed Actor with me, Milo Dennison. Today I am joined by the wonderful Juliet Strange. Welcome to the show, Juliet. Hi, thank you. I need to start off by telling you this story. I was uh, just doing an interview with a, with another actor. And as we were wrapping up the call, I'm like, yeah, I got to go. I got to jump on a, another interview with, a, with an actress here in London. And he was like, oh, what's her name? And I'm like, Juliet Strange. And he was like, really? That is a fantastic name. He was like, he was like if I were casting something, I would call her in for an audition just based on that name. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... I hope many people think that because then it's always good to get in front of people. But yeah, so uh, the best thing is it's not a stage name. That is my real birth certificate name. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. But I also feel a bit of pressure because I'm I'm the last strange, literally. I'm the last one in my family line. So yeah, I want to, it would be great if my name is known somewhere, somehow. But yeah, unfortunately, the line ends with me. Oh no. Um, unless like I choose to adopt the like seventeen year old boy, give him my name and then when he's eighteen be like spread your seed. But um <laughs> so yeah. Yes, I am the last strange. But yeah, no, I love my name. That makes it even more important. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're an only child? No, no, no. Uh my I've got an older sister, but she's married oh, as a took her husband's name. Also, yeah, but she also changed her surname before that anyway because she's a primary school teacher so like you don't really want to be like oh i'm a strange so yeah uh okay well let's get into the performing Mm -hmm. arts because i know from having a previous conversation with you you didn't study theater you studied um uh criminology and forensic science yeah so what (laughs) got you into yeah it's very different so what got you into the performing arts um, so I have actually been in and out of acting sort of recreationally from the age of about five. Um, my dad, he wanted to be an actor and that's how I sort of got the gene from him. He was a playwright as well. He's quite a good writer. He did TIE. Um, he actually worked with Cameron McIntosh for quite a few years before McIntosh sort of became this big empire. But my dad, he wanted to act with Mac- when Macintosh's plays, but he was more crew and doing like lighting and rigging and all things like that. And he was good at it. So Macintosh kept him in that role. And um, eventually my dad was like, oh, I want to act. So thank you, but I'm going to move on. 
and then Macintosh got huge. <laughs> so I was like, nah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so my dad's always had that sort of vibe about him, and he was a great storyteller. So when me, my sister, and I were kids, he would obviously read us the stories, and you know, I just loved it. I loved going into that realm. And we, I was reading Shakespeare at the age of like seven. Um, but like obviously more child friendly versions of picture books like Midsummer Night's Dream, not Death of <laughs> his tragedies and things. Yeah. But, um, and we would go to plays all the time. So my dad made sure there was always a lot of performing arts for myself and my sister. And also it's good for when you're young to go to different classes. So I actually went to Mount View Academy of Theatre Arts when I was about five. Um, for classes and mainly it was obviously games-based things but I think it's really important for every child to have that because it really helps with understanding emotion and therefore socializing with other people um, and just helps you throughout life and then I just sort of kept with it so throughout school I loved drama I loved being able to be different people and different characters and explore different ways of expressing things and then I actually went to Winchester University first to study drama. But then about after three months, I dropped out because I didn't like the way it was. And then I went straight into sort of theatre acting with, um, in Hampstead Theatre, they had an 18 to 25 group, the Heat and Light Theatre Company. So I did quite a few things, plays with them. And I was also in centre stage drama classes. Pineapple Performing Arts School, Camden Young Persons Theatre Company, um, in various different workshops and things like that. So I've always kept the skills sort of going, um, but I have always had a sciencey side as well. And I've got a lot of passions. I like different things. I'm just interested in different things. So then I went to uni to do forensic science. And then that's when I sort of converted more to film. Um, I met a lot of people who like the sort of, they went to sort of grind exploitation genre. So now horror acting isn't my favorite because there's often not much depth in it. There isn't, there isn't. I don't know. Like I like more, I like to challenge myself a lot. Once you do the same sort of genre quite a few times, it's like, okay, I need something new now. But it was great. I met amazing people who had loads of different skills and I got to try lots of different crew work. I was like helping to produce and fundraise at event planning, things like that. So. Yeah, but acting's always been my main love, a little sprinkling of music. So what was that, uh, what was the first thing that you did when you were five, you said, or four, four or five? Yeah, so that was, I mean, obviously I was in school plays and things like that. Um, I'd always get stuck in narrator role. I think I've been very bitter about that because <laughs> uh, I was quite good at English and reading. So I'd always be put as a narrator. So in school plays, I'd always be on the side narrating and watching everyone else act. And I remember being like, it's not fair. I'm getting punished for being good at something. But yeah, when I was five, I went to Mount View Academy Theatre School drama classes. So it was a lot of game playing, but also, you know, understanding what role playing is and characters and things like that. But for on that kind of level, yeah, I've just always been engaged with it. And I've just always loved it. Yeah, no, I think that's, Part of the one of the things that I enjoy about acting now is that th- is is kind of a, that role playing. So you are in a lot of ways being a child because yeah, exactly. when you're out doing your normal day job, that's mm. not really any fun. That's just something you have to do to pay your bills or whatever. Right. But, yeah. but 
But when you're performing, you're actually playing in a similar way that you would when you're a child. I think that's why it's really important that we continue to do these things like for fun. Like, for example, how we met each other was doing a short film uh, just for fun. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's part of the challenge and it, that really sparks the creativity because it can be so easy to just fall into this sort of numb world, especially with how our lives are kind of run at the moment, like within regarding the whole world. It's, if we take out creativity or if we don't force ourselves to do it, I think it can very easily become quite a dark world, especially for actors where it's a world full of rejection and, you know, constantly trying. You need to something to keep your energy up. And just by seeing or just meeting like-minded people doing a short film project, like the costumes. I mean, the costume I wore in the film we did, I, I loved that. That was just that costume like made my day like I could have been like right I'm done now <laughs> don't even know nice. yeah it's just it's amazing how much it can just alter your mindset so for anyone listening uh Juliet played in uh, early 1800 19- yeah so I was trying to think was early it eight- 19th century yeah 19th century late 1800s there we go <laughs> And so she got to wear a, a you know period appropriate uh, costume, yeah. but it was if I remember correctly, was it a bit it was a bit tight, right? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like um, <laughs> yeah. So as long as I didn't take a deep breath, I was all right for not ripping it. But <laughs> I did manage to run in it, so that was impressive. That was good, yeah. <laughs> do you do much auditioning now, or is it mostly just stuff like this where you're kind of a member of like you know film groups or? through friends and stuff i want to get back into auditioning um but like when i was really actively pursuing becoming a professional actress i was sort of about between the ages of 18 and 21 um and that's when i was like you know at, at this time it wasn't i mean email was around but you were expected to sort of print off your headshots and mail physically mail a letter with your headshot and a essay the stamped address envelope for them to send back and you'd say look I'm in this show I'll buy you tickets can you come and watch and so that's when I was auditioning more and you'd find out through the websites that are still around now like Star Now and uh, Casting Call and, and find the stage newspaper and through word of mouth so that's when I was mainly auditioning now then I had obviously the gap when I was studying and I was focusing on the science because I did science for it to be something to as a backup, if acting didn't work out. Turns out the science didn't work out either, but that's another, <laughs> that's another conversation. Yeah, so I think now, correct me if I'm wrong, but your question was going to be about how do you find out about the auditions? Yeah, well, like, I'm just curious, like, how you stay in the loop of, uh, you know, doing, because you're not pursuing it professionally now, correct? No, I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to get yeah. paid for something. I would happily brush advert you know i don't care but uh, <laughs> yeah wouldn't we all uh, yeah so it's kind of like how how do you find out about stuff and, mm-hmm. and how are you kind of keeping in that loop of uh, creatives networking is very important obviously so i think cinebooth i don't know if you're going to talk to any of the guys from cinebooth because they're not actors themselves but um yeah i've i i've talked to one of the guys from cinebooth just personally yeah. interactions but yeah he's not really in they're not actors yeah yeah kind of trying but, uh, to keep us focused on that subject yeah they've got good events they've got the screening events and the networking events and i've met some really cool people through that and then you meet their contacts as well and then 
they're like, oh, I know someone's doing this project. If you want to audition, you send in a self-tape. So I've sent in a self-tape to one through that. So I think mainly now it's about networking. I mean, there are websites, like I think Star Now is actually still around, but there's like Mandy and people want to go on there, but then it's whether you want to pay subscriptions, et cetera. And then I think often now to get big jobs, you need, well, I suppose it's always been you need an agent, but I think even more so now, but then there's always the catch-22 of you can't get an agent without paid work. You can't get paid work without an agent. And that has always been a struggle for me and I'm sure for every other actor trying to make it. And I think that's also where drama school comes in handy because I think you get contacts through doing drama school, which I haven't done. Like I've done different performing arts schools and terms and like that, but not official drama school as it were. It's more like uh, classes and workshops and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then workshops, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I try to keep my talent alive by working with people like yourself and meeting like minded people who just want to work on a project for fun and then seeing when that goes because often someone knows someone knows someone and it is about who you know in the industry and I guess that's the main thing with networking. If there's something I could change, like I'm a very different person now from when I was when I was pursuing it professionally. Um with the, the zest and was like, yes, I'm going to do this. It would be, I've never been very good at selling myself and that's a huge problem when it comes to acting. And what's really hard is you've got this fine line between selling yourself and being an arrogant beep. Um, <laughs> I don't want to swear because I don't know. Uh, I allow swearing on my podcast. Yeah, it's not a problem. You know, no one likes a narcissist, but then no one likes someone who's like, oh, we're not really meek as well. It's really hard to find that line. I'm a lot more happy with conversing with people now. I'm great at celebrating other people, actually. I'm really great. I should be an agent because I'm great at saying this person's great for that and this person's great for that. Uh, when it comes to myself, I'm like, well, yeah, I, I like that thing. You know, so I'm still not great at that. But I think when I was younger, it was very much like what you would see on TV is very different as well. Like now it's great that it's so diverse. There were many auditions I went to. Like there's one in particular that I remember. I literally walked in and they looked at me and I went, next. And I was just, oh, that's harsh. I didn't even get to say a word. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> great. But then you have to say, okay, I'm not the look they wanted. But then after a while, it's like, I'm never the look they want. Oh, I'm not blonde, blue-eyed and skinny, which was that the thing at the time, basically. Um, now, thankfully, there's more diversity. But Yeah, auditions are funny because uh, you'll go into an audition sometimes and you go in, you, you do the reading and they're like, that's great, thanks, see you later. Yeah. And you're like, do you want me to do it again or yeah. change anything? And like, no, it's great, it's perfect. And you're like, okay, well, if it's so great and perfect, then why weeks later yeah. you don't hear from them? That is actually, let's say, one of the most, difficult things from the acting viewpoint and also a frustration is when you don't get direction. Mm -hmm. I worked on lots of different things with great people. They've all been lovely people. Um, but sometimes you'll have a director who doesn't direct. <laughs> so I'll be like, okay, so how was that? Um, they'd be like, yeah, great. And I'd be like, do you want me to try something different? How should I say this line? Because the character sort of changes a lot. Do you want me to be a, like this tone or like try it a different way? No, 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 it's fine. I'm like, I don't want to be fine. I want it. What's your vision? And when you don't know that, that you can really tell on screen, you see it afterwards and just like, oh no, because the character just 
goes in waves of different emotions and it's not constant. So I love directors who are like, no, that was shit. I want it this way. Or, but like constructively, I don't want to be told I'm terrible all the time. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just like, this is what I want. Can you try it this way? I'm like, okay. And then try it a little bit more, a little bit less. You know, I mean, I, I think I'm quite good at taking direction and I like being given it because at the end of the day, you're all working together. If you're not getting that input, it can quickly become something really sort of hazy and just confusing for the audience. Yeah, ha- having a good director does make a difference. I know, I don't know, I won't make you critique me uh, since I directed you. <laughs> like, uh, But it's hard sometimes too, because like that particular production, our uh, our camera we had at the DLP was reasonably new. Mm. And so I kind of had to spend all my time focused on what he was doing. Yeah. And I didn't have a lot of time to spend on the actors. So um, one of the other actors in the film, Ben, he mentioned that to me. He's like, you never actually really gave me direction at any mm. point. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. But I, I was so focused on this other thing that I didn't have a lot yeah. of time to focus on the actors. It, it does make a difference because uh, I, I was thinking about a project that I worked on I don't know, a couple of years ago, because I felt I was being way over the top. Mm. And I, you know, I'm like, because I'm thinking how this is going to look on on screen versus like a stage type of a performance. And I felt like the performance was way too much. And it was like, are you sure I'm not over the top here? And the director was same thing that she was like, no, it's fine. It's fine. And I'm like, really? Are you? Because yeah. she's like, no, I'll keep doing it. And I'm like, okay, well, you're the director. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on like style, isn't it? I mean, I guess traditionally or classically trained actors would look at some of the Tarantino style, you know, movies and be like, oh my gosh, that's so big for film kind of thing. And yeah, it is interesting. I think the transition from theatre to film like can be very difficult if you've got no awareness, basically. You can't be doing massive gestures of your hands and your legs and like 10,000 watt smile on this TV screen just doesn't work. But as long as you're like aware and have people who say, yeah, just tone it down like 3,000%, please. You know, it's all about communication and that is what acting is. So as long as your team members do that as well. I can understand from new director's point of view, it's that you don't want to be like bossy or seem to be like shouting at people. And I used to be like that as well. But now I think you've realized from working with me is I've, I've got the idea like on set you just it's a case of right everyone now this now done okay next and then after it's like okay let's have a fine how are you doing let's chat now it, you, there has to be that separation otherwise nothing ever gets done or it will get done but not in the way you want it yeah there's definitely a balance of how the set flows and the time that you have and trying to yeah. get, make sure you got you you're on a schedule so what do you have time to do within that schedule? Absolutely. And there's never enough time, no matter how. We can have all the schedules in the world, but we always run over. Like, that's just, I think everyone knows that in film. It's like, you try to be on time, but. Absolutely. How do you find working if you're like playing off somebody in a scene or or a film and you don't mesh well together, like Mm. versus somebody that you're, you know, kind of playing off really well? Oh, that's a great question. Um, It can be really difficult when you don't have that chemistry with the person that you're acting opposite or you both have very different views of what this is ultimately going to look like and it's like if you don't have time to talk to the person before and get to know them a bit and get to know how they want to do the role or even get to rehearse sometimes you don't even have a chance to rehearse it's just straight in there 
uh, with film and you sort of get to learn them on set, learn who they are on set. Um, the way I deal with it is I've got a bad habit in normal life, not in acting, where I suppose it's not a bad habit, but it's just a natural reaction for me is I smile a lot, but I don't smile just because I'm happy. I smile when I'm sad. I smile when I'm nervous. I smile when I'm angry. I smile, like it's just my body just smiles at like every emotion. It's really kind of creepy in ways, kind of like not appropriate in other ways as well. But with me, it's about numbing that reaction. And I'm just like, don't smile. <laughs> like this isn't a smiling scene. And also just in my head, you've got to sort of really go inwards, I think, in those scenes, still be aware when your cues are and reacting to the person acting in front of you. But it's a lot about control and it's a lot about just trying to visualise what you think the director is asking of you and trying to not let the other person's performance, good or bad, I mean, normally it's always good, it's just slightly, like you say, you just don't have that vibe, that energy. It just got really, that's where you really truly are acting. It's like all of it is properly acting. I suppose I use it as a challenge. Like in every challenge, there's an opportunity. And that's an opportunity for you to test your own skills in acting and see, right, how well can I act? How well can I do this? For people who don't act, they do it every day as well in different scenarios, like interviews. (laughs) Like we're all acting in interviews. Um, and meeting the parents of your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever, you know, you're just like, oh. so we've all done it in different forms in life anyway. Uh, so I think it's just that on a higher scale. And obviously when you gel with the person, it's great. The acting just flows. And that's normally when you're closer to your time schedules because <laughs> it's all going so well. Um, and they're like, cool, one take wonder or whatever. But yeah, so with me it's more about going inward and using it as like right this is a test of my acting skills let's do this and remember what it is a director wants what you've been what has been asked of you remember your lines um, and go for it and then hope it works yeah that works how did you uh so i'm curious because when you were talking about how you first started out acting at like 1920 you had to like send in the actual paper headshots and stuff and that's really changed nowadays because i had the same yeah. thing when i was in when i was at the same age and you did yeah you carried around your headshot which was yeah. attached to your attached to your uh, cv mm-hmm. uh and uh and hand those out and stuff and it's very very different now because i i took a long period kind of a big break from performing yeah and uh when i got back into acting again it was kind of funny i had to actually reach out to a friend of mine who's an actress and i'm like do people still take copies of their headshots to the yeah. auditions yeah. or is that not a thing anymore and she's like it's not too much of a thing anymore like you, i mean yeah. you take one just in case but no people don't really ask for I mean, them anymore yeah the other thing is now it's color headshots I'm like, what <laughs> like mine yep. are black and white <laughs> what do you mean color what you use color now but everyone looks better in black and white <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's a lot cheaper now with the internet. You don't have to buy all those envelopes and pay for all that ink and paper and photographs. So that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I I need to get new, new headshots. <laughs> like that's on my you know my to do list for a little while. But I've got someone who wants to do them for me. But we have to wait till all this coronavirus stuff is over, obviously. And then I have to get color ones. And I'm actually nervous about having to get a color headshot. Like I am nervous about it. It's much easier to look better or moody in black and white with color it's there's a lot more dynamic it's a scary idea 
So yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to get those headshots sorted. And then, yeah, you literally just email like your CV. But I think it's a positive thing. However, I think it's much more easy for you to get lost as well in the piles and piles of CVs that will be filling agents in a box or anyone you send in it to or they're just like, no, nah, can't be bothered. And then like, here's all my links, here's my showreel, here's this, here's that. Like, watch me, watch me, watch me. And then you've got thousands of people saying, watch me. Yeah, it's true. There's more opportunity in regards to where stuff's being seen between festivals and films and, you know, Netflix and, and regular television. YouTube. And so you think you have more opportunity in a way you do, but you're also competing with so many more people than you used to compete with. Yeah. And also the, the traditional, so take, take Spotlight, for example, that's the classic thing where it's like, you need to be on Spotlight if you're a real actor, blah, blah, blah. Oh, so annoying. Yeah. So originally it was like, you had to have drama school training or you can't get on there. Now you don't have to, but they, I mean, I've never been on the spot, but, uh, but they've they've made it harder to get on in other ways. So you, now it can't just be like, yes, I'm a working actor. I'm trying to work. Now it is, you have to have so many speaking credits in a film, and it has to be film. Uh, there's a there's loads of specifications. So my friend, she's got on there recently, and uh, she's very talented. She's a musician, singer, songwriter, dancer, actor, performer, and she's been doing it from like about 10 years old. Um, she had to fight to get on the spotlight, even though she's got 20 plus years of experience on stage, in film. You know, she has to fight to get on there. She's like, he, these are all of my credits. How am I not getting on this? And then they, she's on now, thankfully, but I mean, they've made it so tough. But agents still use Spotlight as you know the re- the f- referral is like are you on Spotlight? Mm-hmm. I don't know then. Like <laughs> there's a lot of barriers. It, it's uh, it's interesting. So for anyone listening that's not based in London, uh, Spotlight's kind of basically a website similar to Star Now or other sites, yeah. but they're kind of like exclusive. It's the website to be on. Exactly. So if you're a serious actor, you're on Spotlight, which is, it's harder to get onto. But to get an agent, of course, you need to be on Spotlight for most agents in the UK. Exactly. Which then gets you cast in stuff because you have an agent, but you can't get on Spotlight unless you've done all this certain amount of work, which often Mm -hmm. requires an agent to get. So they've really created this bizarre little catch-22. Yeah, and it pissed me. I, I'm going to kind of rant about Spotlight right now, so because uh, that was my thing when I moved there here. There are other recruiting websites available. <laughs> there are, and I would recommend any of the other ones. Uh, but I, uh, when I moved here, I, I same thing. I'm like, okay, what should I? What do I need to be on? What I and mm-hmm. you know, you start talking to agents like, well, are you on Spotlight? And I'm like, well, no. So we go to Spotlight, and you're like, fine, I'll and sign up for your stupid website. And uh, and then they're super strict about all the requirements that you can be yeah. on. And I had the same problem that your friend had, mm. where they're like, oh, no, sorry, that's not good enough. I'm like, what do you mean that's not good enough? Like, I, I have this and this and this. And and yeah. and I kind of went back and forth. And finally, they let me on. Oh, and nice. so I'm, well, I'm, yeah, but that's the thing. So I'm on there now, but I don't really feel like I got any benefit of being on there other than the fact that I paid a fucking fee and had to fight with them in order to be on it. Really? Because they should have a lot of like jobs. They do. I found their jobs that I don't want. So there's a lot of, a lot of musicals, uh, which I have no, I have no singing voice, so I can't do musicals. 
Um, they do have some like commercial stuff, not a lot of film stuff, surprisingly, but it's just kind of, it, it's weird how they somehow managed to get themselves into this position where they're, if you want to be taken seriously as an actor in London, you need to be on spotlight, but they don't really do anything for you other than take your fee. And with an agent, they're like, are you on spotlight? And it's like being on a website doesn't prove I'm any good as yeah. a performer. Yeah. So what does that matter? Like, it's yeah. so weird. Yeah, uh, it's so true. It's always been the way or who do you know? And all like you see these people coming into acting and getting really famous. Um, I say that I can't even think of names at the moment. My head's gone blank. But then it's just because they've got a famous dad or it like literally it's it's almost like how royal families work. It's sort mm-hmm. of, oh, I've got this blood. So yes, haha, I've got money. <laughs> like It's just there's nothing else about it it doesn't matter you could be really talented or no talent at all but if you know the right person and that applies in everything in life i'm aware it's just it it does get frustrating but then i think that's why it's so important to just keep doing your own little projects and learning through that because that is still working on your skills it might not be suitable for a spotlight credit but it's still honing your skills and learning new things mean different people things like that and I think at a certain level, that's a good way to create your own work that can then lead mm-hmm. into other stuff as well. So, Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, it's interesting that you mentioned there's not a lot of film stuff in Spotlight, because at the moment, I think if I was really going for acting and professionally into it again and putting my all into it again, I would actually try to audition much more for series rather than films at the moment. I think now is the time for series. There's so many coming out with all these Netflix Prime, I mean, BBC have always had fantastic writing when it comes to series, you know, all the different channels. I think that's where it's like the golden era for TV series at the moment, or long-term seasons, whatever. I think that rather than film is what it's best to focus on as an actor at the moment. I think film is just sort of like this, the golden egg at the top or the, the golden pot at the end of the rainbow kind of thing. And that's where it's like you get the really big names. However, series, it gives you a lot more screen time overall, a lot more filming time, a lot more actual work. And not only that, I think when it comes to storytelling, you're getting much better stories mm. in series yeah. now than you are in movies. And as an actor, you want to portray interesting characters with some yeah. depth and a good story arc. And you, you are getting that much more on in series than you do in the movies yeah. nowadays. Nowadays, it's just, let's try to copy a big budget action flick, you know? Yeah. I wonder how many uh, people on Spotlight or any of these sites have credits like Zombie 3, Zombie 42, Zombie 5. (laughs) I'm very good at being dead. Have you ever done any extra work or anything like that? I remember doing a, being part of a viral PG Tips advert. So it was by a company called New Treatment. That was really fun. It was, it was um, I think it's on YouTube still. It was a really fun shoot. There was loads of people, uh, absolutely loads. And it was like a massive house party kind of thing. And the idea was, um, I mean, this was years ago. This was in, probably about 20 years ago now, or maybe 15. And the idea was that PG tips is like the drugs or the ecstasy that people take at raves kind of thing so everyone's like they're pouring on each other sniffing it like turning the tea bag like a pill I'm my character is sort of like injecting tea into the veins 
And at the end, it's just like, so good, it should be illegal kind of thing. And it was a really good advert. It was really fun, but nothing really came of it. But I remember doing that. That was fun. Do you uh, have a preference in types of characters that you like to play? Like, Gosh, I've played so many. I've played old women. I've played men. I've played uh, all sorts of genre. I do like a meaty storyline. So I think I've played, no, I think I've played an even amount, but. Comedy is hard to do well, so I like acting comedy. However, I think I've had more opportunity to do comedy on stage rather than in film. And I think in film, it's very difficult for it to actually be comedy. Uh, So I would love to try that and get a good script and really try comedy film. But I do, I think my favourite are the more serious ones because it's really getting into that mindset and that character and if you can move someone just by them watching your series storyline, that, that's pretty awesome. Do you find it harder for when you're on camera versus stage? Like, so for me, when you're doing a play, you're kind of, you know, backstage or whatever you're doing. So it's, you're, you've, you're able to kind of focus in to get into, into character without distraction versus on a, on a set where you've got camera people and sound and all these other things. And then it's just kind of like action, do your scene, stop. I see what you mean. Like with, theatre the whole thing's a performance even when you're backstage it's like you've got your cues to go and change this outfit and do that and then go into the dressing room to do this but you're listening oh there's my cue I've got to go up and wait by this entrance now so the whole thing even behind stage or backstage sorry is um part of the performance for me so yeah like it is more fragmented with filming again that's part of the challenge but also I like that with filming because it gives you a break to breathe. So I think with theatre, because all the nerves as well, as well it's live. Like if something goes wrong, you've got to think on your feet. Like I've broken glass on stage before. Um, <laughs> that was fun. Um, it was a series of short plays and I was in one of the plays, but I was also in between each play, changing the sets and but performing music as well. So we we're doing sort of like scatting and using household utensils to make music and percussion and things like that and I had a ramekin and I was just like hitting it and then it smashed everywhere all over the stage so then I kept scatting as I did I didn't want to scat and went backstage got a broom came out made the broom into music using the glass but then it was also like have I got all the glass is someone going to get cut this is going to be my fault and like going through my head while I go get a moment to breathe whereas in filming I like the cuts like oh can I just some water okay uh, I need more makeup or it's quite nice and I think with it's almost less pressure that way but if you then keep corpse in when you're filming obviously that will affect your future chances or opportunities so there's there's a risk in that sense I don't have a preference. I love the adrenaline of theatre. I think with film, the hardest bit in film is when people don't have a lot of stamina. Because filming, people don't realise how long filming takes. Yeah, like they go, it's like, oh, okay, so three minute film will be done in three hours. No, no, no. That's like 18 hours. <laughs> and to be on top form each time and to stay awake and to stay focused, that's what I've noticed so many people struggle with. And also that's when we get snappy with each other but it's just 
you have to not take that to heart. I think that's the hardest thing with filming. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it's funny talking to people that are like, oh, yeah, be an actor, that'd be fun. And, and, and they don't realize that, no, you're showing up sometimes before it's light out. You're there all day long until it's dark again. And you need to be able to just snap into it. It's also sort of like if you told them, yeah, you're waking up this time, you go in there, you're getting in question, you have very hot lights put on you for ages and people messing with your face and your hair. And then you're going to be told it's not good enough. And you have to change the way you're doing things. And then you'll have like about two breaks. You'll probably eat one packet of crisps all day and then maybe have some water. And then you'll go to sleep for four hours and then come back again. Like, if you told people that about acting, they'd be like, what the fuck? That's slave labor. Like, what? What do you mean no food? What? <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, people just don't think about yeah. it. But then the, the sense of just awe and pride when you see the final thing, even it could be the most terrible film ever, but the fact that you've done it, oh, it's great. Absolutely. And there is that uh, camaraderie on the set and the just kind of the interactions that you have with with stuff like when when we were shooting our film at you you and um uh, mm-hmm. uh laura and stuff and doing yeah. pictures and stuff because you know because you're in between scenes so and you're in costume and so you yeah. can have some fun with it and play around and pose for the way with the costumes and those kinds of things are always yeah fun. yeah but my favorite bits are like the sort of behind the scenes or the the um when you mess up like i kept not getting that line and i was like sorry 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 but yeah, no, I kind of love the bloopers so much. They're my favorite bits of filming the bloopers. And if people make a sort of little film of just that, I love it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's the fun stuff. Um, well, I think we probably should wrap up here. But is there anything you'd like to let people know? Is there a social media channel oh, um, later yeah, on? So or? my uh, private one is the underscore last underscore strange underscore <laughs> because i'm the last strange so that's my personal sort of instagram account just want to follow the random stuff i do um i also draw comics um so that's j strange comics um again that's on instagram so at j strange comics and my comics are about just real honest stuff so i call it the honest truth kind of thing so or just observations still around humor but some are also around mental health uh, for anyone listening, I'll throw up uh, links in the show notes. So, yeah, so I've been drawing them for a while, but I've only started posting them recently. I'm, I'm very bad with regularities, so apologies to anyone listening who does want to <laughs> just just remind me, just nudge me, just message me, be like, "Oi, post the comic. I'm like, okay, yeah, because I've got loads drawn. It's just sort of, I'm not very techie. So I sort of take photos on my phone, crop them, and then upload. Um, but I'm hoping to do them more professionally and put more color in them and stuff. But yeah, it's they're just meant to be a bit of fun and sort of lighthearted, uh, just observations. Um, my personal favorite is the one called uh, Sneezing on Your Period. Uh, yeah, <laughs> have a look. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. That sounds like something yeah, I might not want to see. Or, but they're meant to be accessible for everyone. So it's for men to realize, oh, shit, wait, okay. <laughs> That's what it's like to have a vagina. Um, <laughs> so I'm very sort of open when I talk to anyone about anything and crude in ways, but in a veiled with humor. So yeah, I hope you like the comic. Uh, so yeah, it's mainly just the the Instagram at the moment. Yeah, like I have got a song on SoundCloud, but that's just one I recorded for a feature film I was in called The Gamekeeper, which is on YouTube. 
Um, I'm on IMDb. Uh, so all my credits are on there. Um, but yeah, so if you type in Juliet Strange on SoundCloud, you'll hear the song I did for the gamekeeper, and it runs over the credits, I think. So that's about it. Hopefully, everyone, you guys will know my name because I'm the last one. My daddy that's crowd. it, soon enough. Caramel Macintosh, if you're listening, you went to my dad's wedding, so uh, hit me up. Uh, I like to act in one of your plays, please. <laughs> he might. Is your dad still performing at all? No, no, no. He's um, he went to sort of interior decorating and antiques and stuff. He he's a good writer. He wrote a really good novel actually, but he couldn't get it published, and I'm really upset because it was a very good novel. Self-publish or do a uh, here's here you go. Uh, I only want a ten percent fee of any royalties <laughs> that you make. Uh, do like the my dad wrote a porno type podcast mm. and uh, have you heard of yeah them? i haven't listened to it but i've heard of it it's come up on my spotify mm-hmm. so. yeah so uh just take your dad's book have him publish it uh self-publish it and then you go on and read from the book in it and uh it'll become famous and there you and go be like thanks milo <laughs> exactly um yeah cool perfect well thanks juliet it was Thank fantastic so talking much. to you it's really nice to just chat and like I'm, I'm buzzing again now. I think I'm like want to try writing something, or we definitely need to buy something again together. I want you to shout directly. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, thanks for uh, joining no me. No worries, anytime. And it was a pleasure. And goodbye. Bye. Thanks. Thank you.